Welcome to Rise, Healing from Childhood Sexual Abuse Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Heil, registered psychologist and DBT certified clinician. I am also a childhood sexual abuse survivor. In this podcast, I will offer information about childhood sexual abuse in order to provide you with knowledge on this difficult topic, as well as provide you with strategies and tips that you can access now in order to begin moving from surviving to thriving. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Rise. It's nice to have you all here. I'm going to talk about an experience that is one of the most debilitating experiences, I think, that comes from being a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, and that is experiencing the emotion shame. Shame is, sadly, it's very common for people who are survivors of childhood abuse to experience shame, especially as they get to be adults. I find that a lot of people will say that there's for sure some moments that they might have felt shame as a child if they had a sense that what was happening to them wasn't okay or wasn't a positive thing. But the more common experience is to really start to feel amplified shame when becoming an adult, because it's at that stage of life where people are piecing together the fact that abuse really was this uh, really awful thing that happened that shouldn't have happened. Oftentimes, when people are feeling shame, it's driven by beliefs that they carry. And most of the time, especially when it comes to childhood abuse, these beliefs are simply untrue. But just because they're untrue doesn't necessarily mean we don't believe them internally. Oftentimes, survivors will perceive themselves as being bad, like they are bad people. They'll see themselves as being defective or damaged. And when you carry around these thoughts, even if logically you know that they're not true, but you have an emotional sense that they are true, right? So there's kind of that disconnect. But logically, you know that this is not the case, but emotionally, you just feel like it is. When that is occurring for you, then oftentimes the experience that you'll get, the subjective experience, is feeling uh, quite a bit of shame. I sometimes think about them as shame spirals. It's like you just go down and down and down and down and you can feel like you're, you're almost like curling out of your skin, right? Shame is a really uncomfortable emotion to sit with. And when it's very intense, it truly is debilitating. Oftentimes shame is the emotion that will lead to people feeling like they need to do something about it. Like they can't tolerate the emotion anymore. It's the emotion that leads to a lot of impulsivity whether that might be reaching for something like a substance or feeling like you need to even just do something destructive towards yourself in order to be able to escape the emotion. Sometimes with survivors, shame can also be due to a recognition that the experience of having been abused as a child is just simply a different experience than what many other people have gone through. And they realize that a lot of people won't understand what they have gone through. And so they feel a need to hide that part of themselves. And there can be just a really intense fear that if people knew what had happened, that they might be rejected by others or judged by others. And most of the time, this is, again, not the case. Like if if you, and I hope many of you at this point have had the experience of telling somebody about what happened to you and having that person respond with love and compassion. I would say that The vast majority of times when a sexual abuse disclosure is made, most of the time, especially when we're disclosing as adults, people respond okay. But 
sadly, there are times where adults don't respond well to a disclosure of childhood abuse. And that can perpetuate these feelings of shame and feeling like there's something wrong with us. Um, Let's take a step back. And let's talk about the definition of shame. What is shame? Because I think we all know it when we're feeling it for the most part, right? We know it's really uncomfortable. But sometimes we miss understanding exactly where it comes from or really what it is at its core. So shame is an emotion that will come about when we have a belief that we are flawed, a belief that we are unworthy of love, a belief that we don't deserve to belong, and that we're unworthy of connection from other humans. Shame can also occur if we believe that if people really knew about us, knew us at our core, that they would reject us. Or believe that if people knew what we had done, that they would reject us. And shame is an interesting emotion because there is a very, very strong evolutionary basis to why shame originated. As there is actually with any emotion, we we could go into that in a lot of detail that emotions all have an evolutionary reason why we have adapted all emotions. But shame I find quite fascinating. When you think about why shame has originated, the function of it, think back to many thousands of years ago when we are all living in tribes. This would be before society was modernized, say before buildings, before um, like lots of structure in society, before any of the comforts that now keep us safe and, and alive and well today. So way before any of that. We were functioning as tribes, essentially, as clans, and being a part of the group was essential to survival. If we did not belong to part of a group, then those individuals who were kind of like lone wolves, they would almost always perish fairly quickly because there was just so many different dangers that would happen within the environment, whether it would be Things like the elements, like climate, um, storms, whether it would be animals or whether it might even be other humans. If you were alone, the chances were very good that you would not be able to survive. So survival was dependent on being part of a group, part of a group that, uh, that you were connected to and that you belonged to. Shame originated because our brains realized that being part of a group was an adaptive feature. And through natural selection, it helps humans stay as part of a group so that humans would survive. And when we experience shame, that is a warning sign in our brain that we have done something or are at risk of doing something that might get us ostracized from the clan. And we don't want to do that if we are going to be able to survive. So shame because it's so debilitating and intense, when a person feels shame, they're less likely to keep doing the behavior that is causing the shame. And so it's a way to kind of contain behaviors, to inhibit behaviors from occurring so that we are reducing the likelihood of being rejected by others. So back then, shame was very adaptive. We would want to feel shame because it would potentially keep us alive and reduce the risk that we would be outcasted and not be able to survive in a group. However, today's society is very different. And even though our brain 
is uh, this is kind of an interesting fact. Our brain is still pretty much the same in terms of its biological processes and how it works as many of our ancestors several thousand years ago. So our brain hasn't evolved much anymore, but society is quite different. So in today's society, if we were rejected from our tribe, so to speak, although it is debilitating, it no longer is something that is going to threaten our physical safety in the same way that it would have back then. However, our brain doesn't know that. And so it still will send us the same intense emotions when it feels like we're at risk of doing something that would get us rejected from the group. And sadly, this has a negative impact on us today when it comes to things like, say, childhood sexual abuse, where we have not done anything ourselves to elicit a shame response. It's not, we didn't abuse anybody, right? This is something that has happened to us, uh, not from us. And yet our brain, because it's worried about that possibility of rejection, will make us feel really, really, really bad about it. Shame has different action urges that will occur when we experience shame, just like any other emotion. So for each emotion that we experience, we are going to have an urge that comes from it. And some urges are more or less universal. Most people are going to experience the same types of urges for each particular emotion. Sometimes there's a few individual differences, but um, there's quite a few similarities, more similarities than differences. And for shame, shame often leads to the urge to avoid others. It leads to the urge to hide parts of ourselves because we're trying to avoid that uh, possibility of rejection. This is really isolating when we feel like there's something bad about us and we can't bear to show it to anybody else for fear that we might be rejected. When it comes to childhood sexual abuse, most of us, especially at the early part of our recovery, we had urges to hide our story because we were worried about whether we might be rejected if we told people what happened to us. But here's the thing, is that hiding our story perpetuates the shame that we feel about what happened to us. It makes the shame worse because it's sending our brain a message saying we really do have something to hide, right? I'm I'm hiding this thing because it must truly be so bad that I would be rejected because why else would I be hiding it? I'm going to share a little bit about my personal experience to just help bring this point home. Um, So for a long time, I experienced really intense pervasive shame about what had happened And um, I kind of look at the way that I experience shame as almost like a shame flashback. Like all of a sudden I would be walloped with this wave of shame, really, really intense. Sometimes it didn't even really feel like I was thinking about anything, uh, but I would just like, boom, it would happen. And it was truly debilitating. And when the shame flashback would happen, then oftentimes that's when I would have a flood of different memories that would come back. And so I knew it was linked to the abuse. Um, but really like debilitating experience to have. And it it would happen often. Like um, there's points in my life where it was happening sometimes multiple times a day. And of course it would lead to an urge to avoid. And it um, perpetuated that story I was telling myself in my head that I had done something shameful and that people would reject me if they knew about it. And then the other thing that would sometimes happen, I've shared this in the episodes about my story is that I also had this experience that sometimes I would just 
come out with sharing my story to people in a way that was really rather impulsive. Like all of a sudden it would just be flooding out of me and it wasn't a planned thing at all. Um, And almost always after that would happen, I'd have just this utter embarrassment and shame and then later regrets about having disclosed it to these people. Um, Lots of rumination about whether they'd look at me different after the, the, the disclosure. It was just really awful. And it would continue again to perpetuate that shame. And yet there was obviously this part of me that wanted to share the story, I think probably because it was so overwhelming to keep it all in. So kind of this like flip-flop, this um, polarization that was happening that sometimes I would have the need to share, but then I would have this intense regret after sharing. So that went on for a long time. When I started getting further into my recovery and thinking about things and and just learning more about childhood sexual abuse and how to treat it, I first off, I realized I really didn't do anything to justify the shame I was experiencing. I, as I've already said this today, I'm going to say it again. I wasn't the one to abuse a kid, right? That was done to me. It was not me doing it to someone else. And I want you all to say the same thing to yourselves, right? You're not the ones that were engaging in abuse. It's not your shame. And that was a motto that I started to endorse with myself as I would tell myself over and over again, it's not my shame. It's not my shame. Right? As in, I'm not the one that is causing the shame. I also adopted a, a, another motto. So I had two of them. I had, it's not my shame. But then the other one that I started to say to myself is it's my story to tell. And I started to intentionally go about sharing my story with people that I wanted to share, people that I trusted, and trying to reduce the times that I would impulsively come out with it because I knew that that wasn't making me feel better. It was causing a lot of regret. And instead, I wanted to start to do this systematically and be very intentional about the people I chose to share with. Some of you will know that I am a DBT therapist. That's dialectical behavior therapy. It's a treatment that we use for severe emotion dysregulation and impulsivity and self-destructive behaviors amongst other things. And in that particular therapy, there's a skill that we teach as DBT therapists. It's called opposite action. And it's really neat. I want to tell you about it because I, I think all of you may find this to be really beneficial opposite action is when when we notice that we have an emotion and we know that the emotion is not justified okay so what i mean by that a justified emotion means we check the facts about why we're feeling that emotion and the emotion fits the facts okay so going back to the definition of shame shame fits if you have done something that would cause people to reject you okay So for the perpetrators of our lives, chances are, hopefully, they feel shame about what they did. And frankly, they should feel shame. Because if people found out that they did this thing to a kid, then people would probably reject them. Okay, so that's justified shame. They should feel it. There is a threat of rejection, a real threat. But when we check the facts and we realize that we haven't done anything to justify that shame, so I check in with my own shame. Was I the one that engaged in abuse? No. So therefore, shame is not justified. If I can figure that out, then I'm going to apply the skill of opposite action to any unjustified emotion. Opposite action means I'm going to check in with my urge 
and I'm going to do exactly opposite of what the urge is telling me that I want to do. Okay, so with the urge to avoid, remember with shame, generally we want to avoid things. I get the urge to not share my story because I'm worried about rejection. Opposite action would mean that I am going to start to intentionally share it instead. And this cool thing happens when you do this intentionally is that typically when you use opposite action, you're going to find that the emotion starts to decrease over time. It may not happen the first time you do it, but if you were to apply this as, say, a lifestyle change and slowly and intentionally and systematically start to use opposite action, the emotion will start to come down because what will probably happen is you're going to have corrective experiences. And certainly that's my, that was my experience was that when I chose to start to intentionally disclose to the people that I trusted, I found that everybody responded to me in a way that was really compassionate and empathetic. And I felt better in the long term about sharing what had happened to me. Now, I was really careful to make sure I only shared this with people that I did trust and people that I was just about certain would not reject me and would not have a judgment towards me. After I had enough corrective experiences with that, then I started to take a few more chances of disclosing to people that I was slightly less comfortable about or comfortable with. And the reason I did that was because I knew in my heart I wanted to get to a point where I was free to talk about what had happened to me whenever I felt like it was important for me, whenever it was appropriate. And I didn't want to rely so much on the responses of others in order to determine what I needed. And so I started to disclose to people that I was slightly less comfortable with, but still more or less pretty sure they wouldn't reject me. And and I still would never... There's certain people in my life I I just would not ever tell because I know that they probably wouldn't respond to it in a very good way. So certainly I'm not saying go tell the world back to that piece of intentionality. When I shared it with people who I felt like I shouldn't have shared it with when I was impulsive, I did regret it and I still regret that to this day. So be careful about the people you choose and make sure that you're, you're pretty certain that they're going to be safe people to share your information with. In the few times where I did share with people who did, didn't have a great response to my story, regardless of whether that was an impulsive sharing or not, when I did experience, because I, I don't want to sugarcoat this for you and tell you that you will never experience any judgment or rejection from people that you share your story with. When I shared it and I did feel a sense of rejection, what I've done with that over the years is I'm really working on just understanding that if people are judging me for my experience, these are probably people that, well, not probably, these are people that I do not want to have in my life. I have a few people who I just, I remember sharing it with and, and who knows what, what their actual experience of me sharing it was. Um, but how I perceived it is there were certain people who really, I think, struggled with vulnerability, receiving or giving vulnerability, and instead wanted to put on a facade that their life was perfect and that these things never happened um, either to them or you know, around people in their lives, or maybe it just didn't happen in society. And so they, I don't think they knew what to do with this information, because it probably in some way shattered their world, their perception of the safety of this world. Um, so those are the people that I do regret having told. But instead of judging myself and shaming myself for having told them, 
what I'm really working on is just realizing those are not the people that I want to have in my life. I want to be surrounded with people who I can be authentic and vulnerable with, and that I can share both the highs and the lows of my life when it's appropriate. And so for the people who I experience judgment for, um, I've simply just chosen to step away from them and not have them in my life. And that feels definitely like the right decision. So to this day, I still feel anxious when disclosing, but it's getting a lot easier. And the more that I disclose in appropriate ways and when it's intentional, I find that my anxiety is coming down. But there's always that little bit when I share with somebody new because I never really know for sure how somebody's going to respond until I share. So I, I choose to keep on sharing, even though it causes me some anxiety. And over time, it's been a really rewarding experience to share my story, especially when I receive feedback of how much my story has helped others to be healed from it. So I encourage you to start to think about how you're going to address your own experience of shame, if that's something that you are going through. And I, I can't guarantee you that what I did here, my, my um, way of treating my own shame is going to be completely successful for you. I, do, I don't know, but I suspect that it might help you get on the right path. So think about it. And if you feel like that's something that you want to work on, then just create a few action steps for yourself and see if you can start to make a plan of how you're going to reduce uh, the case of the shamies, as I like to think about it, right, that that we all um, often experience when we are survivors of childhood abuse. I wish you all just the best day. You take care of yourselves. And I look forward to having you back for next episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you found today's episode helpful, please go ahead and leave me a review. And you can also follow the show so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. For more information about me, you can check out my website, www.innersolutions.ca.